0: Let's take our Bibles tonight, please turn to Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21. I just want to take a few moments tonight and share with you some thoughts about eternity, some thoughts about eternity from Revelation chapter 21. I received a... A note this week, Brother Axler, I'm sure you saw it as well, where I can't remember, one of the preachers put it out, and there was a little video, and I didn't actually watch the video. I don't know if you did, but it talked about how they've connected to a new vaccine, to the mark of the beast, and all these things. And I I don't like to get caught up in all that hype. I don't like to get caught up in those conspiracy theories. Uh, I have enough in the Word of God that tells me to watch and be ready. But I don't need to know what the world markets are doing. I don't need to know what the Antichrist is up to. And I, I don't need to know what uh, vaccines are going on and all the rest. My Bible says, watch and be ready. That's all I need to know. The day of the Lord is at hand, the Bible says. And he will come like a thief in the night. But here, here's the thing. We, all, we often like to quote that, don't we? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The Lord will come as a thief in the night. The Bible says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that he should overtake you as a thief. In other words, we may not know the hour, but we certainly know the times and the seasons. And I'm going to tell you, it seems like the Lord could come at any moment. So where are we going to end up? What does eternity look like? And so we're going to look just at a few verses tonight in Revelation chapter 22. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ promised when he left this earth, he said, I go to prepare a place for you if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And when he talked about that place that he would prepare for us, he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Mansions. Places that God has prepared for us. I, I can't picture what that might be like. I have no idea what God has in store. The Bible actually tells me that. I have not seen nor hath ear heard all the things that God has prepared for us. But I, I, I know when God does something, he does it well. I'm looking forward to being forever in his presence. I'm looking forward to that heavenly home. But let's look tonight, Revelation chapter 21. We're just going to go through a few verses here and pull out some things that, that I hope would encourage you tonight and prepare your hearts. And I was uh, talking to Brother Ivan Ferrier before the service. And Brother Ivan is just a hair past 39. And, uh, you know, I, I would love, I said to Brother Ivan, I said, would, would you like to have 20 more years And he says, oh, I don't know. I said, if you felt like you do today. And he said, well, yeah, if I felt like I did today. But that would take him to 110 years old. That's a long time. The truth is, for most of us in this room, probably the majority of us in this room, we have more days behind us than we do ahead of us. And if the Lord comes tonight, that's true for every one of us. And I want to know what lies behind the curtain. What's on the other side of the veil? What is it that God has prepared for us? Now, we could look in the Bible, and we would find different things that happen. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know what that looks like, to be honest with you. Because the Bible says in John chapter 14, says, I go to prepare. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And what's next? If I come again. I'll receive you unto myself. And so when I die, I don't instantly get a mansion, do I? The Lord has to come first to receive me unto himself. We're going to look at that time tonight in Revelation chapter 21 when everybody receives their mansion. There's a song written about this passage of scripture. It's not a popular song among our, our group because it's kind of, um, I guess I don't, I don't know how to describe the song. How many of you heard that song, When the Saints Go Marching In? That's what happens right here in Revelation chapter 21. That great city will come down, the new Jerusalem, and we all together will enter into that city. There are some things that are not allowed in that city. Death is not allowed in that city. Praise the Lord. Sorrow is not allowed in that city. The Bible says God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Tears are not allowed in that city. It is a new creation, a new heaven, and a new earth, and God has made it just for us so we can enjoy it for eternity. But I want to show you tonight the greatest thing about heaven. Chapter 21 of Revelation says this, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Let's pray together. Father, we've sang tonight about your return. But Lord, perhaps these dear saints tonight are wondering what happens when he returns. What is next? So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take some time tonight to answer perhaps some of those questions. And Lord, if nothing else, I pray, Lord, that you would ignite our hearts with this thought of what we are looking forward to. Paul wrote to Titus and he said, we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, if we can leave here tonight with that blessed hope in our hearts, encouraged to know that Jesus is coming soon, that the sorrow and the pain and the toil of this earth will soon be over. Lord, I think we will have had a good night. Lord, help us to draw closer to you. Help us to understand from Scripture tonight that perhaps it's not about the mansions and it's not about the streets of gold, but it's about the one who sits upon the throne. And Father, we will forever sing your praises, bowing down at your feet, crying, holy, holy, holy. So God, I pray that you would fill me with thy spirit. I surrender to you, and I ask for your help tonight. And Lord will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Some might ask, what happens five minutes after I die? What would happen if the Lord were to come tonight? Those are similar questions, but they are not the same. If you were to die tonight, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't believe, if I'm reading scripture correctly, that means you get a mansion right away. But we will be in the presence of God, and the Bible says we will know and shall be known. I honestly, we're looking through a veil, the Bible says, darkly right now. We don't understand everything about it. But there is a day coming when the Bible says the trumpet will sound. The Lord Jesus Christ will come again, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to forever be with the Lord. There will be a great reunion in the clouds. And the Lord will take us at that time to a place. And the Bible says in John 14, I go to prepare a place again. And if I come again, I will receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. We know at that time, according to the scriptures, and I'm giving you a quick eschatology lesson very, very quickly tonight. And very, uh, not very in depth. But we know that after the trumpet sounds, we have seven years of tribulation on earth. A time of Jacob's trouble, a time where Israel is judged for their rejection of God. Understand this, that tribulation period is about Israel, it's not about us. We often look at the Bible and we say, well, the Lord is coming at, uh, in the eastern sky. Well, that's according to Israel, not Canada. We like to contextualize things and put them into our, our, our daily routine and understand this. The Bible revolves around Israel when it's talking about the prophecies of the future. We might say, well, the Lord will split the eastern sky and he's coming at midnight. Well, midnight in Israel, not here. And so just keep those things in mind when you're reading the Bible. And God will pour out his wrath upon the earth and judge Israel and unbelievers who were left behind those who did not put their faith and trust in jesus christ will face a time of unprecedented turmoil and and hatred and anger and those who refuse to receive the mark of the beast and accept christ as their savior during that time will pay for it with their very lives it'll be a, a time of complete unrest it'll be a time where the antichrist rises and After three and a half years, strikes a peace treaty with Israel, but it'll be broken. He will sit upon the temple in in the temple and declare himself as God. But at the end of that seven years, the Bible tells us that the Lord will return with ten thousands—not ten thousand, ten thousands (plural) of His saints. Riding on a white horse. And on his vesture is written the word of God. And out of his mouth will come the word of God. And you say, why are ten thousands of his saints coming? We're not doing anything. But we are going to behold the glory of the lamb. As his voice goes out and slays the armies at the battle of Armageddon. It'll be bloodshed like the world has never seen. The Bible says the blood will flow up as high as the bridles of the horses. It is the day of God's reckoning. It is the day of the Lord. Then after that, we will see what is called in the Bible the great white throne judgment. And you'll notice if you turn back a page in Revelation chapter 20... The Bible says in verse one, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Understand what is going on. We are at the end of the tribulation period. The battle of Armageddon has taken place. And now that old serpent, the devil, is cast into the pit. And he is bound for a thousand years. And during that thousand years, Jesus Christ himself will rule and reign. He'll rule and reign on earth. The Jews cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, hoping that Jesus had come to set up his earthly kingdom. But they were mistaken, and it is now the time that Jesus will come and set up his earthly kingdom. The Bible says in verse 3 He will cast him into the bottomless pit, and set him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of men that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, turn back and you'll see the second resurrection at the end of the chapter The Bible says uh, in verse 11, and I saw a great white throne. This is now the end of a thousand years. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. A thousand years has passed. We skipped a few verses there that talks about the devil, that old serpent being let out of that pit for a short time to go out and to deceive the nations. And finally, he was cast forever into the lake of fire. But then the Bible says, the earth and the seas gave up their dead. Now they'll stand before that great white throne. And the Bible says there's some books that are opened. There's the book of works, all the self righteous acts that man has committed trying to work his way to heaven. Then there's another book called the book of life. But because none of those people were found written in the book of life, they had to be judged by their works. And every last one of those works were found as filthy rags in the sight of God. The Bible concludes in Revelation chapter 20 with this, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Then we enter eternity. The moment we've all been waiting for. It's not an easy ride to get there, is it? Think for a moment tonight of those that we might see cast into the lake of fire. Think of those that we might have to witness, loved ones that we shared the gospel with, some whom we didn't. I'm glad tonight I don't have to watch Ivan go down that road. Just got saved on Friday. I'm glad for those that are here tonight that know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Somebody said to me one time, you you preach the gospel too much. I never want to stand before God and somebody missed out on hearing the gospel. Even if it's just during the invitation or an, an, an opportunity to hear just a short Roman's road that they might have an opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to stand before God. An answer for that. Because it's very plain if you're not found written in the book of life. You're cast in the lake of fire. But as soon as that last soul is cast in like a fire, John says, "I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Did not he say, "I go to prepare a place for you?" And in my father's house are many mansions, this is it. And that city four square begins to descend from heaven, and all the saints of all time will stand and behold the bride. He said, I thought we were the bride. We are the bride. But look what it says it was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Look what it says later on in the chapter. And there came unto me, verse 9, one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked to me, saying, Come hither, I will show ye the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Think about this. Just last Saturday, I gave my daughter away. I'm telling you, that that's a hard thing. Somebody was asking me how I was doing with it. And I said, well, they're already married and I still got them in two different trailers. What's that tell you? But I also said this, I'm giving away the very best thing I have to give. That's a hard day for a dad. But I, it, it took my breath away when I saw her. Beautiful. Beautiful. See her in that bridal gown. But we have some pictures that that I could not see from the door. But it was the look on Matthew's face. When he looked that way and saw her. John is taken up to a mountain and he gets to see the bride. The city of Jerusalem. Think about this. Everything you've imagined, just throw it out. Because at that moment... I have not seen, nor hath I heard. It's incredible what God has done. The Bible says the New Jerusalem descends. It's a city that's been prepared for you. Can you turn, if you will, to the book of Ezekiel? Keep your finger there, but look at Ezekiel chapter 48. Ezekiel chapter 48. Look what it says about that city. I'm going to look at verse 30. Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 30. And these are the goings out of the city on the north side, 4,500 measures. And the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel, three gates northward, one gate of Reuben, one gate of Judah, one gate of Levi. And at the east side, 4,500 and three gates. And one gate of Joseph, and one of gate of Benjamin, and one gate of Dan. At the south side, 4,500 measures. And three gates, one gate of Simeon, and one gate of Issachar, and one gate of Zebulun. At the west side, 4,500 with their three gates. One gate of Gad, one gate of Asher, and one gate of Naphtali. Is everybody caught up? Now look at verse 35, because here's what we want to look at. It was round about 18,000 measures. Listen, and the name of that city from that day shall be, what is it? The Lord is there. I'm going to tell you something, friend. As you stand with John upon that hillside, that mountaintop, or you stand with ten thousands of his saints, And you watch that new Jerusalem come down. Understand this. For a thousand years, Jesus Christ has ruled and reigned. But now the Father is coming down. The Lord. We learned last Sunday night from Ezekiel 38 there, or Ezekiel 48. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What's that mean in the Bible? Jehovah. God. God. For a thousand years, we've enjoyed the presence of Jesus. But now we also know the presence of the Father. The very name of that city is this, the Lord is there. It's the new Jerusalem, but there was no greater name to give it than the Lord is there. It is a reminder. Nobody had to wonder, where where is God live? Where will God be for all eternity? It's in the city that bears his name. It is in that place where we can go and and know his presence. And we see this holy city come down. And verse 3 of Revelation chapter 21 says this. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold the tabernacle. What is the tabernacle? It is the dwelling place. The dwelling place of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. The very presence of God. Years ago, Doug and Sharon's daughter, Sue, sang a song called, I'd Still Want to Go. She sang it for me in Stony Creek, and when she came here to sing, I asked her to sing it here too. It just says, if there were no mansions on the hills of glory. If there were no streets of gold. No angel choir singing. And on and on it goes about all the things of heaven. And the chorus says, I'd still want to go. Just as long as his face I see. I love that song the ensemble just sang. I like that verse. My eyes transfixed. On Jesus' face. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. But you get more than that. You get to see the Father. This is the one that told Moses, whom he spoke to as a friend You can't look at me, you can only see my back parts. I'll show you my glory, but you can't see my face and live. And even after seeing the backside of him, he had to wear a veil in the presence of Israel for the rest of his life because his face shone. Jesus Christ went to the Mount of Transfiguration and the Bible says that his face shone because he saw God, the Father. Stephen looked up into the heavens while he was being stoned. He said, I see Jesus standing At the right hand of the Father. And you know what everybody said about him? His face shines like an angel. Hey, something changes when you meet God. And we get to spend eternity with him. Think about that. Some of the greatest saints of old never got to see God face to face. But he shall dwell with them and they shall be his people. And notice what it says next, verse 4. And God himself, the Father, shall wipe away all your tears. There will be neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall be any more death or pain. For the former things are all passed away. Then he said, I am Alpha and I'm Omega. I make all things new. Listen, I don't know what it is you think your future looks like. But tonight, could you just throw it all out for a minute? All your your dreams and fantasies about what things look like in the Bible. And just think about this. For eternity, we're going to bow before the throne. In the presence of God. There have been times... There have been times, whether it's in sorrow or whether it's in joy, that the Lord feels so close. Have you had those moments? You feel like you could just walk on air because the Lord's presence is so real. It's nothing compared to when you actually get into his presence. And we'll be there for all. I, I can't understand why anybody would ever want to leave it. I told you about the evangelist Steve Allen. He was blind from birth. He said, do you realize this? The first thing I ever see is gonna be Jesus. That's the first thing. And he says, I have a hard time understanding this mansion. He says, because I've never seen one for one. But he says, I do understand this, walls are for privacy. He says, but there's no shame in heaven. He says, a roof is to keep out the elements, but the Bible says the Son of God is the light. He says, doors are to keep out the thieves, but it is a place where neither thief nor moth doth corrupt. Thieves do not break in and steal. He says, there's nothing to worry about. And he says, furthermore, if I get a mansion, he says, put a vacancy sign on it. Because I'm never leaving the throne. I'm staying right down there with God. That's what we have in store. That's what we have to look forward to. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. I don't have a challenge for you per se tonight. I just wanted to remind you and paint a picture of eternity. Up until that point, things changed pretty regularly. to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, and then we, we come into that time where we're caught up in the air to forever be with the Lord, and then we come back with the saints, and God sets up a kingdom on earth, and all these things happen. But once we enter into that place, after the great white throne judgment, when that holy city descends and our mansion is right in there, that's the Father's house. That's where we'll be, forever praising the Lamb, now here's what the Bible, if, I, if you want a challenge tonight, here's your challenge. Start looking. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet tonight. The instrument's going to play, and let's just be thankful to the Lord tonight. Let's praise his name for all that he's done for us and how he's prepared something for us. But listen, if you don't know Jesus tonight whosoever was not found written in the book of life shall be cast in like a fire. You say, well, that's not fair. It is fair because you're given an out right now. You're given an opportunity right now to trust in Jesus Christ who paid the price for you. No man ever has to go to hell if you just believe in Jesus. If you trust him as your savior, we can help you tonight. We'll take a Bible and show you what it means to have eternal life. Why don't you just step out and come and meet me right down here at the front right now. If you don't know Jesus, come right now. Let us help you. Is there some that would take some time and pray and praise God tonight for that wonderful place called heaven, that place of eternity where we forever are in his presence?